Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the sanitation podcast. My name's Pete and I'll be your host. The past few episodes of the show have mainly focused on and explored the operational side of the portable restroom industry. I've looked at how and when to clean toilets, the process used to inspect toilets on site and ways that operators can collect and share feedback on cleanliness and presentation. That all makes sense because the industry is after all very hands-on. Providers deliver toilets to site, they go back to clean them and remove the waste, and they pick the toilets up at the end of the hire. This week, I want to change tack and look at the industry through a high-level strategic lens. What do I mean by that? Well, I want to think about the reasons why restroom operators go into business, how they set the direction and purpose of their companies, and some of the pitfalls that I see when I look more closely at strategic statements published by restroom providers around the world. I'll start by saying that the word strategy is possibly one of the most widely misused and poorly understood words that I hear in business. I worked in one organisation where managers talked about strategy all the time. Every decision and the entire performance reporting process was geared around strategy. Now that should make a lot of sense, but this organisation just didn't have one strategy, they had dozens of them. They literally had strategies for everything, a recruitment strategy, a procurement strategy, an estate strategy, an IT strategy, a welfare strategy, and they even had a strategy strategy. And each of those strategies was accompanied by a lengthy written document that described and detailed every last components of, well, that particular strategy. Now I'm happy to accept that people use technical terms like strategy in different ways. The managers who led the strategic approach in that organisation could probably justify their rather liberal use of the term. But for me at ground level, none of it made sense. And a lot of other frontline staff felt that way too. And I know that because we used to play buzzword bingo whenever those managers spoke in staff meetings. (laughs) When I studied management at college, I learned about competitive advantage, which economist Michael Porter described as the ability gained through attributes and resources to perform at a higher level than the others in the same industry or market. In other words, what can you do to make your firm stand out? Porter and other writers identified three main strategies that a company could use to gain a competitive advantage over the rivals. Cost leadership, differentiation and focus. Let's look at each of those in turn. In cost leadership, a company gains an advantage by keeping the cost of production or delivery as low as possible. They may be able to use economies of scale, modern technology, preferential access to raw materials and other factors to keep their costs down. If they can achieve overall cost leadership, yet at the same time charge the same price as everyone else, their margin will be bigger and that will make them more competitive. A variation on cost leadership is price leadership, where you commit to selling your products or services at a lower price than everyone else. But to achieve a competitive advantage as a price leader, you have to achieve scale. One sale at $50 won't make you rich, a thousand sales at $50 might do. But of course, if each sale costs you more than that, you're going to lose your shirt. And I think that's where many restroom operators get confused. Reducing your costs only results in a competitive advantage if you maintain a good price. Reducing your price only works if you sell more than anyone else. You can't do both, and you certainly shouldn't be passing your cost savings on to customers in the form of lower prices. Companies that differentiate seek to be unique in their industry. They look for a particular need or angle that customers value and they position the company to meet those needs. More often than not, that uniqueness comes at a premium price. 
A commonly quoted example is Rolls-Royce. They differentiate by producing a very high-quality motor car that everyone associates with luxury and high value. Now, differentiation is hard in an industry where everyone uses pretty much the same toilets and they provide the same service. But it is possible if you provide high-spec luxury toilets or vacuum-flushing toilets or even send an attendant. The third generic strategy is focus, and this rests on the choice of a narrow competitive scope within an industry. In other words, operators target a particular segment of the market or type of customer, and they tailor everything they do to serving them. In the restroom world, we see this in companies that only service residential construction or only supply events. Now, Porter argued that successful organisations choose one strategy and they stick with it. And that makes sense because you can only go in one direction at once. That said, Porter's book was published over 40 years ago, and we've seen some pretty significant changes in technology and approach since then. Really big companies like Toyota have evolved different brands, and each one adopts a different approach or strategy. Lexus is a luxury brand, Toyota hits the mainstream, and Daihatsu is aimed at the lower end of the market. And of course, they achieve cost leadership through economies of scale, automated production, they use shared platforms across their vehicle range, and they use their own channels for parts and distribution. Some observers might not associate the portable restroom industry with high-end management theory, strategic language, or very precise business terminology. After all, it's essentially a very simple service designed to meet basic human needs. And regardless of which make of portable restrooms you use, they're essentially the same plastic cabin with a holding tank. They all look very similar and they all perform the same function. I'd counter that by saying that establishing and running any business requires time, effort and money. And where there is an investment at stake, it pays to get all your ducks lined up in a row. If you get it wrong, the business will fail. And depending on the legal structure, you as the business owner could find yourself personally liable for any losses incurred. I'd like to look at why I think it's essential for portable restroom operators to have very clear and concise strategic statements that actually help the staff to do the things they need to do in the way they need to do them so that the business achieves what the owners want it to achieve. This is important because it's about making sure your customers receive the level of service and the quality of service they're paying for, no more and no less. Delivering any more than that and you'll chew into your profits, any less and you'll leave the customer feeling shortchanged. This is a good point to take a closer look at some of that strategic terminology. I'm going to be very careful here because these words are often overused, which turns them into jargon. And as I've already said, different people use these terms in different ways, so it's important to be precise. I'm going to look at four terms, purpose, mission, vision and impact. I'll look at each in turn. When you map any business, it's important to start with the organisation's purpose. This precedes everything else and it should capture the very essence of why the company exists. And the reason you're in business should be guided by deeply held values and beliefs that drive action and behaviour throughout the entire organisation. A clear statement of purpose explains exactly why the organisation exists and does what it does. The next element is the mission. This is the path the company intends to follow or how it intends to bring the purpose to life. A good mission statement will drive every decision made by the company, by its managers and its employees. It will help them unlock the competitive strategy and deliver results. And if an action doesn't fit the mission, everyone in the company should be asking why are we doing this? The third element is vision. Now vision and mission are often interchanged, but there is a clear difference. 
The mission is how we get there. The vision is where we're going. A good vision statement will be driven by the organisational purpose. It will unite managers and staff, define results and help everyone to turn the mission into action. And the last element is impact. This should include the strategic goals that will show that the organisation's purpose has been achieved. Above all, impact is tangible and measurable over time. While it's important to understand these terms and acknowledge why they're required, developing strategic statements is an entirely different challenge. Complex organisations spend millions of dollars on this. They employ specialist advisors to consult managers and staff, investors and other stakeholders. They perform risk assessments and cost-benefit analysis and they wring themselves dry trying to perfect their strategic language. And does any of that help? Does any of that expense make those organisations any more effective? Do managers and staff really live by the vision and mission in everything they do, or is it all just smoke and mirrors? One of the problems I see is where restroom divisions form part of a larger umbrella organisation. That typically occurs in plant hire companies where toilets are often offered as an adjunct or ancillary service. It's a very common model in many parts of the world. Larger conglomerations like that are often owned by investment groups and managed by a corporate body or head office. Local managers are appointed to run their depot or branch under the direction and control of the head office, but compared to specialist restroom operators, this blended approach can sometimes be less effective, and that's because the corporate language doesn't reflect or acknowledge the specific needs and requirements of the portable toilet division. Even worse than that, corporate strategies designed for long-term plant hire and support don't always make it clear how or where the restroom managers can compete. I'd like to drill down into some of the strategic statements published by restroom operators that I found online when I researched this episode. Now, in the interests of fairness, I'm not going to name the companies that publish these. I haven't spoken with them and I haven't asked if I can use their statements. While it wouldn't be really fair for me to criticise or critique without giving them a right to reply, these statements are online and they are in the public domain. Now that in itself has to be commended. Whether they're right, wrong, good or bad, the fact that these statements exist and have been published shows that these companies at least had the right idea and intent. The first strategic statement I found read, Our mission is to be the premier restroom provider in our local market. That's actually really common and it came up several times. While there's nothing wrong with aiming to be number one, it's important to quantify and qualify statements like that to show exactly what you mean. Are you trying to be number one in size and scale? Do you aim to have more toilets, more trucks, more drivers and more customers than everyone else? Do you just want to be the first company listed in the phone book? Or do you want to be the first company that people think of and call when they want a portable toilet in your particular city or state? The challenge, of course, with all of those interpretations is that you can't really prove any of it. The next paragraph of that particular statement read, we continually deliver superior service to our customers, retain high-quality employees and increase stakeholder value. I really like that. It's clear and it's concise. Each element can be measured and the whole thing tells everyone in the business exactly what is expected and required. The next one I found said, We will be the most reliable company within our industry, employ talented people who quickly respond to and solve problems for our customer and our company. We will continue to reinvest in our company to maintain a prosperous, healthy and rewarding environment. While I like the ambition to be the most reliable, I'm wondering how on earth you measure that without any access to other providers' performance metrics. And I'd like to know what happens when you have an unexpected breakdown. It might be better if they rephrase that statement to read, we put reliability first. And I'm not sure what they mean by talented people. 
but I do like the way this statement defines the attitude and behaviours that this company and its customers can expect from its staff. The third statement I found is one of the best. It read, Our purpose is to supply our customers with the best possible portable toilets and hand wash stations and service. I really do like that. It's precise and it really sets the tone and direction for everything else in the business. Here's one more. We aim to deploy the best people, equipment and solutions to help our customers to safely build a better and stronger future. I enjoyed the first part of that statement. It made a clear link between people, equipment and solutions, which I mean to take the options, decisions and advice offered by the company's staff. I'm less convinced by the last bit, help customers safely build a better, stronger future. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's me, but it sounds like waffle. And while it's important to support your clients, building their future is surely up to them. A similar theme came through in the next one. We strive to always be there in tough situations for our customers. Becoming the best means that we provide the same level of reliability and service to every customer situation. That's a great statement if it's actually true. The next one I want to share read, Our vision is to be a professional, skillfully managed organisation that exceeds our customers' expectations. I don't have any issue with being professional and skillfully managed, but I'm not sure it really makes sense to exceed your customers' expectations unless you're charging them for it. If you buy a car, they won't fit alloy rims or air conditioning unless you pay. And the last one I want to share today reads, We take pride in the work and services we provide. Our goal is to achieve industry best practice by continually improving waste technology, reducing the impact of waste on the community and environment, providing quality service while minimising customer costs, and maintaining a high standard of operational safety that protects our employees, customers and the community. I really do like that one. Although it doesn't separate the purpose, vision, mission and impact, it actually combines and covers all of them. Now I've done nothing today to consider if any of these statements are true and I can't prove whether or not they drive behaviour in the companies that publish them but today's episode wasn't about that. I'd like to congratulate all of those businesses for actually having a go and making their strategic statements public. As I said, writing strategy is tough work but putting it into practice is even harder still. If any of it was easy, every business would be successful and every entrepreneur would be a gazillionaire. The one thing I noticed among all the different companies I looked at was that none of them really explained explicitly why they were in business. They all pretty much said what type of service they were there to provide, but none of them identified why. In my book, one of the primary factors that drives any restroom operation is money. Why else would you invest your heart and soul in a commercial enterprise if not to make a profit? None of the websites I visited mentioned revenue, earnings or profit, and only one talked about shareholder dividend. Perhaps I'm being naive. After all, it's not polite to talk about money in public, and I understand that such information is commercially sensitive, so it may not be shared in the public domain. But making money through a commercial venture is a legitimate and measurable reason for any business to exist. This has been a very superficial analysis of strategic direction and I'm sure we'll come back to it in more detail in due course. Precise definitions and management models allow us to simplify complex realities and help us understand things more fully. But at the same time, they're simplistic and naive and of course there is always an alternative view. If you'd like to discuss that more, why not join the sanitation conversation on Clubhouse? 
Get in touch if you need an invite or log into Clubhouse and search for Pete Get Flushed or the Sanitation Conversation to join in the debate. I'd also like to let everyone know that on Sunday, May the 30th at 6pm Eastern Standard Time, I'll be broadcasting live as part of the Podcasters Collective on Facebook. The Collective is a public group for podcasters and listeners, and they've started a Sunday showcase to help podcasters like me share their work and build an audience for their shows. The Sunday showcase will be the first time I've produced my own live episode, and I'm really looking forward to it. With the right technology, I'm hoping to have phone-in guests and take live questions. If there's anything you'd like me to cover, get in touch through social media or email info at getflush.online and I'll try to include your comments in the show. Okay, that's it for today. Please remember to tell everyone about Get Flushed or visit our Patreon page, patreon.com getflushed to secure early access to every episode and bonus material that's not available anywhere else. Once again, thank you for your time. I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed. 